Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, we've been progressing right along in Luke. We're up to chapter 17, and the writer Luke is going to change the topic now because Jesus at this point is going to be asked a question by the Pharisees. And it's a topic that really a lot of us can relate to because I don't know about you, but how many of you would like to know what the future is? We would love to know what the future is. And how I know that is is because some of you read the horoscope. How do you know we read the horoscope? Because my news feed on my Facebook tells me you do. Why do you do that? Why do you read the horoscope? Well, why do you read that? Because we all want to know what the future is. Every one of us wants to know the future, especially in light of tragic things. We've had something very tragic happen in our country this week. People start saying, well, what does this mean? What, is this, what does this point to? What is this all about? Especially when we look at world events, we start asking questions about what does it mean? And especially if you're in a Christian church, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the big question is, Jesus, when are you coming back? And everybody's interested in that. In fact, it's a very interesting. You know, when people get saved, you know, they, you, they want to know all they can about Jesus Christ, but almost always, I find this to be very true, is that especially with new Christians, everybody immediately asks the question, well, when can we study about when Jesus is coming back? Because... That's something that is on the minds of everyone who is attached to a church in some ways. And you say, are you sure it's that popular? Are you sure that people really want to know that? Yes, I can tell you that people want to know that because all you have to do is look at what the most prominent conferences are that Christians attend in our country. And I can almost guarantee you most of them are about prophecy. Most of them are about some guy trying to figure out the stuff in the world to let you know what's happening. When you listen to Christian radio, you're going to hear, occasionally, you're going to hear some guy on there who's got a new perspective on what's happening in the Middle East to let you know about what the future is. In fact, you don't even have to be attached to the church to be fixated on what the future is. What do you mean by that, George? Well, we just, this last May, everybody was really worried about May... I think it was either the 11th or 12th because the ancient Mayans had a calendar and in the calendar they predicted that the world was going to end in May. And everybody was like, Ooh, is this real? You just got to have some common sense for a moment. They could predict the end of the world, but they couldn't predict the end of their own civilization? Come on. But that's what we have going on here today is a fixation on that. So here we come to this place where Jesus is meeting some Pharisees, and of course they've got that question on their mind. They've been listening to Jesus talk about the kingdom. They've been listening to him talking about the kingdom coming among them and everything. And so they've got the question. So, okay, where is the kingdom? When's it going to happen? And Jesus answers that question. So that's where we're at today. We're going to study and look at what Jesus says about the future. What does it mean for you and I? And you might be shocked at some of the things I'm going to share you, but we need to consider very carefully what Jesus' words are, because you might be here, and that's what you live for, is the prophecy thing. You live for knowing every little detail. But then you might be here, and you're like, I don't really care. 
Well, here's the thing. Jesus has got some words for both of us this morning. So let's look with me. We're just going to, it's actually a section of verses. We're going to take it in two weeks. So we're going to look at the first part this week. We'll look at the second part next week. So look with me. We're going to look at verses 20 through 25 today. Next week, we'll look at verses 20 to 6 through the end of the chapter. Notice something here, verse 20. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Some translations translated among you. And he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines in another part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. We're going to basically take this section of verses and we're going to divide it into three parts. First of all, we're going to look at the question. We're going to notice the question that the Pharisees have. Then we're going to notice what Jesus says about the kingdom. There's some things you need to understand about the kingdom that are going to be key to you understanding things about the future. And then we're going to see some instructions that he gives. So first of all, notice the question. Verse 20 tells us the question. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. So they're going to ask him a question. Now why are they doing that? Well, here's the thing. Number one, there's a preoccupation with the coming kingdom. There's a preoccupation. In their day, the Jews had a preoccupation. They were living under the oppression of the Romans. They were living, longing for the Messiah to show up. And so they studied the scriptures. They looked at the signs of the times. And they were like ready for whenever the when the Messiah would show up and, and free them from the oppression of the Romans. So they were preoccupied with it. Sounds like today, doesn't it? You can get to the place where you get preoccupied with the second coming. Like, I have met people that their whole focus is, is on the rapture. Now, the rapture is a doctrine in the scripture, but it is not the primary doctrine. It's actually a minor doctrine. But yet, when you talk to some people, that's all they talk about, is when Jesus will come back. That's all they ever focus on, is when Jesus will come back. And especially as we enter into, have you noticed as the times get tough, and we're living in tough times right now, when the culture is changing, and the culture is changing, is it not? And when situations are such, and especially as you get older, have you noticed when you get older you don't like change? I'm noticing that. In fact, you want it to be the way it was when you were younger. Have you noticed the sign, I want the America I grew up in? Well, that changed this moment you grew up. It always changes. But what happens is we don't like that. And so people, they get, they get all focused on the end time things. And that's exactly what's going on here. They're asking Jesus, we're hearing you talk about the kingdom. When's it going to happen? When's it going to come? Because we want to throw off this oppression. We want things to be better. And so here they are, they, they're preoccupied with the whole issue. Here's another thing I want you to see, is we approach the subject with presuppositions. We approach the subject with presuppositions. Very clearly the Old Testament teaches that Jesus was going to come and establish a kingdom. That the Messiah would come and free them from their oppression, would set up a new kingdom, 
and, and so forth. Very clearly did it say that. But it also very clearly talked about that the Messiah would suffer. For some reason, they didn't see that. And the reason why they didn't see that is when they entered into the Scriptures, they had a presupposition about what they think should take place. Same thing happens today in our culture, folks. I'm going to explain something to you. You may not like this, but here's the reality. America is not talked about in the Bible in a specific sense. But America is talked about in a generic sense. What do you mean in a generic sense? America is talked about in reference to being one of many nations. It is the nations, the Gentile nations. And here's what the Bible says about the Gentile nations in the future. God's going to judge them, period. But you know what? You listen to most prophecy guys, and maybe you're here and you've studied a lot of prophecy and so forth. They always have some sort of reason to try to say that America's got some specific plan or whatever, or some specific purpose or whatever in prophecy. Boy, you're just reading into it, folks. You're bringing your presuppositions into a text and trying to answer the question of the future based upon what you want to see happen. This is what they were doing. The Messiah was supposed to come. The Messiah was supposed to come and set up the kingdom. But he also said that what? He would suffer. We're going to see that in a moment because he's going to reiterate that to them. They couldn't grasp that because they entered into prophecy with their presuppositions. They entered into prophecy with their already ideas already in mind. I see that all the time. Here's the point. If that's what you're reading into it, that's what you're going to see. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the problem is is that sometimes we can approach the whole issue of the future and the kingdom with our presuppositions, and we make it say something that it's not saying. And that's the problem that the Pharisees had. So Jesus then goes on in verse 20, 21, and he tells them, he kind of informs them about the kingdom. He's kind of giving them some of the general principles here about the kingdom of God that you and I need to be aware of. Because it's so easy to get sucked into things. It's so easy to get sucked into a series of novels about what's going to happen in the future and think, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. No. Listen to what Jesus is saying. So here's what he says. Look with me. Verse 20. He says this. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for the kingdom of God is within you. Some translations say, among you. Here's three things I want you to see. First of all, you will not be able to observe its coming. You will not be able to observe its coming. Now, here's the key thing, because the English says observe, so that means, oh, so you're saying is, is that I won't see it. So obviously it's talking about the rapture. No, that's not what the word means there. The word observe means is that you will be able to look at and predict what's going to happen. You'll be able to look at and predict what's going to happen. What it means is is to look at the signs of the time and to say it's coming at hand. You know, as I was reading that, as I was studying that, and as the language spoke to me, I realized, well, my goodness, how many conferences have I gone to, how many books have I read that were meaningless based on this one verse? What do you mean, George? I've been a Christian now. Since 1985, if I do my math correctly, that's over 27 years. And in those 27 years, I'm going to explain something to you. I have heard so many different things about Saddam Hussein and the time of Jesus coming. Interesting. Saddam Hussein is dead now, isn't he? I've heard about Ahmadinejad. Well, he's still alive, George. It could be him. I don't think so. 
But you hear about every time something happens in the Middle East, the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War, every time that something happens, somebody's got a new perspective because they're looking at the signs and they're saying based on the signs that Jesus is coming back. You cannot look at the times that you're in and definitely say, Jesus is saying, the kingdom is not observable. You can't look and say, oh yeah, this is it. Because can I remind you that every generation since Jesus looked at the times and said, oh yeah, this is it. So that's the first thing you need to know. Here's the other thing you need to know about the kingdom. No one will be able to point to its coming. Look with me at verse 21. He says this, Nor will they say, see here or see there. You and I need to understand, Jesus is telling you, when it comes to the kingdom and we're coming to the understanding of when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen, Jesus is saying, look, you cannot observe it, you can't predict it, you can't look at the signs and say, oh yeah, here it comes. Nor can you say, this is it, it's happening. Nor can you say, we're there. So you've got to keep that in perspective. Yes, times are tough. Yes, there are things that are, are, seem like they're pointing to it in the Middle East. Are we closer than we've ever been in the history of the world? Yes! Every day is a closer moment to Jesus coming back. But here's the thing. Nobody can predict it. Nobody can say it's going to happen. So can I be honest with you? Some guy comes out with a book with his latest perspective on what's happening in the Middle East and how it fits in with prophecy. Can I tell you something? Don't spend the ten bucks on it. If you want to spend ten bucks, get the buffet. And stuff yourself. You'll get indigestion as well. Do you know what I'm saying? And you'll have some change left over to get a coffee. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't waste your money on it. Say, George, you're being awfully harsh about that. Are you sure about that? Nobody can tell when he's coming. All we know is he's coming. But Jesus says, no one can say, it's here or there. Nobody can say that. Why? Because here's the final point. Jesus is the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. And I think that's a perspective that we need to see. Because notice there, he says this, For indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. What does that mean? God is within you. The Holy Spirit within you. Jesus is the kingdom. See, here's the thing. When I listen to people and they get all focused on when Jesus is coming back and, and oh, he just needs to come back soon, here's what I find when I, hear, when I hear that kind of stuff. They are not so much concerned with Jesus coming back because they want Jesus. They're more concerned with, I don't like the way things are going right now. This is not what I thought it would be when I got older. My retirement is gone because the stock market crashed. I don't like who's in office. And I don't like this and I don't like that. Jesus, come back. Because I don't like to suffer right now. And that's the attitude we see. It's not so much about the kingdom being Jesus. People want the kingdom, not necessarily Jesus. But here's what Jesus is saying. I'm the kingdom. See, the interesting thing about Jesus coming back is not that he's going to come back and set everything in order. It's that he's coming back. He's the one who's coming back. The focus is Jesus. You know, think about all the songs we sang today with the band. A lot of them had to do with worship of who? Jesus. They're basically love songs. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, how many of you, when you were dating, sang songs to your, love, your sweetie? Huh? 
whether you were crooning with the with the radio, you know, singing with the radio to her, or whether you, I didn't do that because I can't sing and I would just destroy my relationship to do that. But but for some of you, you have. Why? Because you love that individual and you want to express that to them. That's what worship is. Worship is loving him. Why? Because the kingdom is him. The kingdom is Jesus. So we see this perspective of the question. We see him giving us perspective of the kingdom. Now he's going to give us some instructions. He's going to tell us what we need to do. And here's where we got to be. This will be helpful to us because as we try to exist in this world where we're going to hear all kinds of things and all kinds of things about prophecy, we need to hear what Jesus is telling us to do. How do we, how do we live in light of what's going to happen? Well, he's going to give us five things here just in these verses, and we'll look at the rest of it next week. Here's the thing. Number one, look with me, verse 22. He said, The days will come when you'll desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you'll not see it. Here's the first thing. There will be a longing for the kingdom. He says to the guys, Guys, you're so focused on when the kingdom is coming. Well, I'm, I'm just going to prepare you for something. I'm going to prepare you that you're going to see some days where you're going to wish the kingdom were here. You're going to wish that, that you could even experience the times that you're having now with me. But you won't. Because I'm not going to be here. And you're going to wish and long for me to be here. Folks, that really needs to be... That's what Jesus is saying. And so, you know what? As we think about the future, you need to think about the future in terms of a longing. In terms of a desire to be with Him. In terms of, of, of what it means to be with Jesus. You know, I think about this. I think about this every week. You know, one of the things that happens when you get older, I, I don't know, it's happening to me, maybe it doesn't happen to you, but it happens to me. As I get older, I begin to, I'm becoming more and more self-aware of myself. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I begin to realize how much of a heel I am. I'm just being honest. I'm beginning to realize more and more how much of a jerk I am. How selfish I am. How much of a sinner I am. How, am I the only old person that gets like that? Okay. Don't we all feel that way? You know, I'm not going to tell you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you realize you're a jerk, okay? Okay. But, uh, I mean, he, he's realizing it on his own. All right? I'm realizing it. But here's what I do. I, when, when you realize that, and if you, if, you, if you are a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, here's the perspective that comes into my mind. Jesus, I can't wait to be with you. And the struggle will be over. I'll quit being a jerk, Jesus, when you're here. I'll quit being selfish. I can't wait for you to come. See, this is what it means to long for him. You know, do you understand? Am I looking to say, well, you know, I, I can't wait to quit being a jerk, so let's look at the news and see what it tells me about the future. Oh, I've got to wait a little bit longer. I can be a jerk a little bit more, Lori. But that's not what he's saying. It's that every day you long for him. It's like you wish he was here because you know if he was here, things would be different. That's what he says. Look with me. He goes on and he says, look at verse 23. He says, And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. What's he saying here? Reject false claims. He said, in my absence, you're going to long for me, but there are going to be those who come along and they're going to say, oh yeah, he's over here, or yeah, he's over there. And, 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 and I'm going to be honest with you. He's saying very literally, don't listen to them. Reject them. In fact, this is what happened in Israel's history. After Jesus died... If you know a little bit of the history, right before the... In AD 70 is when the Jerusalem temple was destroyed. 
But in that 30 years after Jesus' death, 30 to 35 years after it, they had many other false messiahs show up. And they would show up and say that they were the messiah and that they were there to overthrow the Romans. And thousands would flock to them. And so this is what Jesus is kind of warning them about. And so, of course, they'd have these flock of thousands and they would go and try to take out the Romans. And that's almost pointless because they would all be wiped out. And the Messiah would then be crucified. And so Jesus is saying, look, till I come, you're going to hear all kinds about my coming. You just reject it. You just reject it. Don't be deceived by it. You say, okay, George, I understand that. I don't think we need, I don't think I need to worry about some guy showing up and saying he's Jesus. There's been several who've done that. Well, I want you to take it a step further in your life, and that's this. Be careful of who's ready to teach you about prophecy. Be careful about who's ready to teach you about prophecy when Jesus is coming back. What do you mean? Jesus is saying, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful of people trying to tell you the direction you need to go in. Reject the false claims. Why? Because here's what he says. Look with me, verse 24. For as lightning flashes out of the one part under the heavens and shines on another part under the heavens, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. Here's what he's saying. The coming will be sudden and obvious. When he comes, it's going to be sudden. You know, some of the scripture records in the Gospels that Jesus said, I, Behold, I'll come quickly or, short, or suddenly. Or shortly, he means. We, we often look at that word shortly and think about the time frame. It's actually the reference means suddenly. He's going to appear suddenly. It's like we're not going to be aware of it. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. It's like when you're outside, have you ever noticed when a storm comes up, how many of you expect lightning to strike where it strikes? Nobody. It's like, wow, did you see that? And everybody's looking over there where it was, like it's going to happen there again. And it doesn't, does it? This is what Jesus is saying, what the, the coming is going to be like. His second coming is going to be sudden, and it's going to be obvious. When it happens, you're going to know. And it isn't going to be the 6 o'clock news that tells you. Because when he comes, everybody's going to know. Why do I know that? Because the scripture tells us that when he comes, the earth will mourn. The people of the world will cry out in anguish when he comes. It's going to be obvious and sudden. There's one other component that we see need to see here because he ties it into them. And I'm sure this blew them away because they didn't comprehend it. Look with me at verse 25. He says this. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Here's what I want you to see. His death is the beginning event. You know, he's preparing them. He's saying, guys... There's going to be a day when I'm not there. You're going to long for me. People are going to come and tell you, He's over here, He's over there. Don't listen to them. When it happens, when I come, it's going to be sudden and obvious. It's going to be lightning in the sky. But before any of that takes place, I've got to die. Now here we are. Can I be honest with you? We can miss the meaning of that because we're looking at it after His death. And so we know that He did have to go and die and that He did die for us. But I want you to put yourself, remove yourself from what you know for a moment. Put yourself in the position of those Jews who are hearing Jesus. Up until this point, their presupposition was is that the Messiah was going to come and overthrow the Romans and rule forever and everything would be hunky-dory wonderful. Never in their mind would it enter in that the Messiah would die let alone suffer. But yet the scripture records that. He's saying the kingdom is coming. 
It's going to be sudden. But the beginning event that tells me it's going to happen is what? Because he predicted that he would die and he did. See, that's what you've got to take home from this. How do I know that what Jesus is saying about his coming is true? How do I know that it's going to happen? Folks, because he said he was going to die and raise again, and he did. How do I know that he's coming? Because he's already proven himself by what he said would happen already. I just need to look at the cross and realize that he's coming back for me one day. Isn't that awesome? You say, okay, George, let's wrap this up. Well, let me give you three thoughts. Number one, are you worried about the future? Are you worried about the future? It's easy to get that way. What are we worried about now? Double dip, recessions, who somebody's going to, whether somebody's going to be the president or not, Islamists. Are you worried about the future? Chances are somebody here is. Because you're just fixated on the news. you got to be careful. Because you can enter into it. In fact, that's my next question. Are you distracted by the prophetic? Because if you're a believer and you're worried about the future, you're going to be more than likely distracted by the prophetic. You're going to be consumed. See, this is the danger. It's one thing to be worried about the future. It's one thing to even be aware of the prophetic. But if you get so distracted by it, you're just going to be disappointed. In fact, here's what I would say. I'm going to liken it to this. How many of you, as a kid, ever played with your vacuum cleaner? It was, like, fascinating to you? I know in my house, my my mom and dad had one of those canister ones, and I would ride on the back of the canister while she was, you know... You know what I'm saying? And, you know, when, when she would take off the, the head of it, and you, know, you just had the nozzle, she would take it off to, to get along the baseboard. You know, it's got that sucking sound. And when you're a little kid, you just think that's so fascinating. And then what happens? You get up against it and it gives you a big sucker bite. You know what I'm talking about? It just sucks you right in. How many know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one like that? Okay. All right. You may want to write this down. Getting wrapped up in prophecy is like sucking on a vacuum cleaner. It sucks you in. Getting wrapped up on prophecy, we need to be aware of it, we need to know it. It's our hope. But you can become so distracted by it, it's like sucking on a vacuum cleaner. And let me tell you, you lose every time. Because it sucks you in. Recognize your hope, but don't be consumed by it. Folks, he's coming back. That's a fact. That's a reality. Wake up every morning. Is this today, Jesus? But don't be consumed by it. Don't be so wrapped up that everything else is meaningless. Here's what I've seen with folks who get so wrapped up in it that they're so focused on when Jesus comes back, they forget that Jesus wants them to live now for him. So they're mean towards other people. They're brutal. But hey, they're waiting for the rapture. 
Recognize your hope, but don't be consumed by it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.